Hello and welcome to another episode of the Eat Game podcast. I am Tom Evans and on this show we aim to educate, inspire and promote the benefits of sustainable, delicious game meat. And we're back with another of our weekly podcasts talking to some of the country's best loved chefs and restaurateurs. Today then, chef, author, uh, TV presenter and BASE game ambassador, uh, the lovely Rachel Green is on the podcast. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Tom. How are you? Very well. Thank you for your time. Um, oh, thank you for inviting me. Not at all. We're excited to have you on. So listen, you've made your name as a passionate ambassador of British produce. Your message is that food doesn't have to be complicated to be great. And I'm, I'm totally on board with that. I love that. I think it's really important to say that. I mean, I, I'm a farming background. You know, my, my family farmed in Lincolnshire for over 400 years. So uh, wow. British food is is in my blood, really. And the way I was brought up, it's it's all part and part of parcel of me, really. And it's not something that I've used as a sort of PR motive. It's something that I genuinely have been brought up to believe. Um, and, and every day it was obviously about producing food. Uh, we had a fantastic kitchen garden at home and my... My grandparents were amazing cook, cooks, my grandmothers and my mom, you know, she she literally up until a year ago had her own little cake business. So she has, has always been cooking and food in my life. Yeah. Uh, so are you, you're still in Lincolnshire now? Are you, I don't know how oh, it works, yes. are you on the family farm that's been there for yes. sort of 14 generations? Is that where yeah. you live now? Yeah, well, I actually live directly on the farm. Um, I have a brother as well, but... Uh, I live about four miles away from where I was born, yes. Right, Lincolnshire born and bred. That's, I mean, that's lovely. And and you're very much uh, an advocate of locally sourced ingredients that are affordable and that local produce is is hugely important to you, isn't it? Yeah, and and also within my business, I mean, I'm primarily a caterer. That's what I do. But I know, obviously, I have a great relationship with my suppliers and I think to be as good as you can be as a chef or a cook or whatever you are, it's about sorting the correct ingredients and having that very special relationship with your suppliers, yeah. of which I do. You know, I can phone these guys up and they, they'll phone me and say, we've got this new cheese or we've got this, do you fancy this? Um, and within Lincolnshire, I do support very much sort of businesses within Lincolnshire, food businesses within Lincolnshire of all sizes, really, because obviously Lincolnshire is a bit of a breadbasket of the, of, of, the of the country, really, because... Uh, in Lincolnshire, we we produce twenty five percent of the food that is grown in the UK is produced in Lincolnshire. That's amazing, isn't so it? It's huge. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in terms of your suppliers, where do you get your game from? We're going to get onto game in a minute and your relationship with that. But do you have a number of suppliers? You shoot yourself, don't you? And you have yeah, done do. from a very young age. Yes, I, I I I had two brothers, and my father always said, you know, he, he always encouraged me. Which at the time, you know, I'm obviously older and now it is sort of set place that women and a lot of organizations that women are involved in in the shooting world and it's it's commonplace now it's it's but when I was younger it was very very rare to see a woman on a shoot and my father I had a gun from the age of about eight years old and my father always said whatever your brothers you can do you can do as well he was very very sort of for that and in fact I have always been more interested in shooting than they were so uh, that's quite interesting in itself. But even if it was going out and, you know, Dad would take me when we grew a lot of peas and the pigeons would be stripping the peas down to the bare minimum, yeah. we would be out there, you know, and he he was really encouraging. 
I'm interested in how your journey's been, actually, because I guess when you started out, it's been a very male-dominated industry, hasn't it? So how has that journey been? Has it been difficult for you um, f- from from starting to where you are now? How, what was that, that experience like? I think it's always been, and, and, and I'm not being sexist in any way at all here, but it, it has always been a very male. It still is. It still is. It's sort of a bit of a little boys club on occasions. And I think I do see that. I mean, you, you will mainly get male sort of game chefs. There there aren't that many of us, but there's some very, very brilliant chefs, that obviously are women, who produce great game dishes, but they, they don't seem to have the sort of headline the same as perhaps some of their male counterparts, yeah. really. And I, I still think that's the case because, you know, looking at a big carcass of a of a roe deer or, or whatever it might be, you know, there's no reason why we we can't break that carcass down the same as as as, as the male counterpart. Really, mm. I I still think there's a little bit of that. It's it's less than it was, but um, I'm quite a strong character, so <laughs> I'll push my way forward. And I've got I've had two brothers, so you know I'm quite used to sort of holding my own. But yeah, um, yeah I mean there are some brilliant free female chefs uh, that are really really great game game chefs. Uh, Sally Abe. Claire Smith, some of those kind of guys are just—they're fantastic. They really are. So, and I suppose television—you know—television appearances and and it raises the profile of, of of different chefs. How has that worked for you? Because you've done numerous television appearances. We see quite a f- fair bit. How does that work for a chef? Do you put yourself forward, or do TV producers come <laughs> actively looking for for people like yourself? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm very much I'm very much D-list celeb. I mean, I'm not. You know, <laughs> I don't know about. I, that. I'm not. You know, I'm there to make. Um, to run a business really and um, you know there are only sort of like five percent of the top guys that really sort of do it on yeah. a regular basis and um, it is really difficult to, to do that but it, for me that's not the be all and end all really it's cooking and producing great food for my clients for my family and for my friends and if I'm just boiling an egg it, it's I still give it the same love because food is my passion and my love really you you are very passionate, as you say, about food, and especially getting people away from convenience foods and, and back into the kitchen preparing, you know, good, honest, yes. local British food. Do, do you sense at the moment that people are taking more of an interest in what they cook and perhaps the journey that their ingredients have been on? I, I do, but I, I think it's sort of, I think it's in lockdown, there was sort of two camps really, ones who absolutely hated it and didn't want to do any cooking. And those people who were in lockdown actually set up food businesses who decided that cooking is something they really wanted to do, perhaps a little bit more of within the family and some of them to set up businesses they'd always thought about. I mean, I know several people who've done that and done it quite successfully. Uh, from lockdown, that they yeah, sort of lived lockdown, the dream. Yes, yeah. yeah. But then there were other people who just found it all just too much. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I mean, I think there's always that element of people. And I think it's about encouraging, you know, not so much. It's about getting the younger generation through. And I think my son's generation, he's 28. They're really, really into their cooking, yeah. really into their food. And he's, you know, they, they love it. They do quite a lot of entertaining. and But I think it's, I think I shouldn't really say this, but it's a bit of a middle class affair, really. Uh, I think we need to sort of really kind of spread the boat within schools particularly and we have you know we have a very good um campaign for for teaching children about game in schools but i think that it needs to be across the board really 
I don't know how you feel about that, Tom. Very much so. I think uh, this is the whole challenge at the moment, especially with game meat, is just educating people, you know, making them realise it, it, it doesn't have to be special occasion food. It can be every day. And to get into schools and to get the kids yeah. heading home, asking their parents for game instead of, you know, you know, saying okay. to them, this happened today, yeah. can we try the venison goujons, whatever it might be, the yeah. pheasant goujons. That's key to, to the next generation and the future of game meat, I, yeah. I think, personally. But I think it comes through lots of different ways, really. I mean... You've got the, um, the 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 food trust that, that pre- prepares all these game dishes to put in. The Country Food Trust, yeah, they do yeah, brilliant that's it. work. I'm yeah. just trying to think of the name, Country Food Trust, that you know has produced over a million dishes last year, and they get people who perhaps wouldn't have the opportunity to try game. I think also game has got that slightly sort of you know, it bit like asparagus. It's a bit posh, but yeah. it isn't, and I think. To get people to eat game, sometimes to get them, I always say start start off by trying something like a venison burger or a venison sausage. You know, something you recognise, something you're quite comfortable with if you're not very confident. And I think that that that's really important as well. But it isn't a posh food. It's available for everyone. And I think there is a slight element of that which we need to try and get away from as well. Well, you're very unique in the way you prepare and cook your game. It's important to know what you're doing. However, it is also important that people don't feel too nervous about cooking with game meat. Exactly. Because, because it, doesn't, as it, you know, it doesn't have to be complicated, does it? No, it can be a venison bolognese. It, yeah. you know, it can be... A, that. How fantastic is that? It can be a venison lasagna or it can be uh, a pigeon sandwich. It, yeah. it, 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 yeah. it, I, I, I know that sounds a bit basic, but it can it can be as simple as that and i think we've also got to realize that a lot of people are, are on a budget food is getting more and more expensive i think with the recipes that we try and encourage people to cook game with should be simple it shouldn't be more than six or seven six ingredients because people are struggling you know and i think it's about keeping it simple really I saw a, I saw a celebrity chef on telly. I won't name the show and the chef, but I, they were using venison. And I thought it was he was overcomplicating things actually. Yeah, and, and you know, it was a prime time cooking show. And I thought, well, it's great exposure for game meat, but actually, there's a danger here that <laughs> you might actually be putting people off a little bit. I think that there's a lot of that actually in these sort of uh, cookery programs. Really, I think sometimes the chefs make it complicated because that's what they do in a kitchen yeah. and it's second nature to them. But actually. You've got to think on the ground. That's why I love demonstrating live because when you speak to people who go, that was really simple. I, I feel I could do that. And I always think if they say that to me, I think I've really, I've cracked it. I've demonstrated a dish that's encouraged them rather than put them off. And I, I, I think that's really important because there are certain chefs out there who do great dishes. They're brilliant chefs within the kitchen. But people like John Trode, he's really good when he demonstrates. He does really quite simple things but cleverly yeah uh and i i think you know people like that they're they're, they're brilliant uh mike robinson I and mean, he's a great game chef i really love him and he always does things quite simply yeah he does a great burger or a great this but it's always got a little twist with it sure um sure. so yeah I mean, would you say you've got a soft spot for game does it play quite a big part in the recipes you create in your catering and your oh, demonstrations I mean- I'm a my, I'm a real carnivore, actually. I should <laughs> probably say that, but I am. I absolutely love game. Um, I like the flexibility of it. I just like the whole taste of it. It's the excitement of cooking it. Yeah. It's the excitement of where it's come from, and just the whole thing. It's so flexible. It's so good with whether you're pheasant, partridge, whatever it might be, wild boar, whatever. It's got 
loads of possibilities as a chef. It's an it's an exciting ingredient for me. You know, I mean, I've been, as I say, been brought up with it. I remember sitting in the coal house at Christmas, plucking these pheasants, you know, from the Christmas shoot. Sure. And um, my mother coming and going, oh, your father's shot. You know, there was always a bit of a row about it because there was so many. I can see myself sitting there now, feathers everywhere, plucking them. So they stayed for the Christmas game, you sure. know, to give, to give away to people. Or, and, and the freezer was always full of it. But there is nothing nicer than a simple roast pheasant. Oh, it's fun veering away from the traditional meats, I always think. It's, it's, as you said, it's an exciting meat to, to cook with. Um, you are, am I right in saying that you enjoy smoking your game as well, which not many people do? Yes. I have to say that um, I was encouraged to do that by the lovely uh, Jose Suta, who's a brilliant game chef. And uh, he, uh, we've always sort of enjoyed doing things like uh, venison bacon and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah. I love, I love, I love smoked pigeon breast, that sort of thing as well. Yes, we do quite a lot of that. So if you're catering for, as you do uh, throughout the year, for a big event, let's say 400 people, uh, and you're going to provide uh, a game dish, give me just sort of an example of of what might be placed in front of me. Well, now, it's really interesting because a lot more people these days are asking for venison. We did it very simply the other day, just with some pom puree and some wild mushrooms and lardons of bacon, and just a very simple sort of Madeira jus with it. But then I equally love Middle Eastern food, so it's like a, like a, a spice breast of Middle Eastern pheasant, and I love it with a sort of like yogurt and honey and cucumber and mint, that wow. kind of thing. Yeah. So um, I love and I love making curries as well out of game so do as I. well yeah, I, 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 it really does really does really really well and um sort of things like we if we're doing canapes one of the really popular ones we do is a is a venison kofta we also do venison capacho as a oh, as a canapé um we do little tiny shots of venison um with local lincolnshire poacher cheese which is a bit like a parmesan uh truffle and uh, a venison capaccio with this really lovely sauce in it. So, well, sauces are my weak point, Rachel. What should I be thinking? You know, if I'm cooking game at home, what type of sauce should we be thinking of making up? Is it? Are there a couple of generic options for game, or is it sort of quarry specific? Do you think in your well, experience? It's, it's probably a little bit difficult for me to say because. I'm a non-gravy person, would you believe? Do I kind of dare admit that? I don't <laughs> wow. know for sure. I, I wouldn't yeah. have expected that. Yeah, well, I, I like things like a gremolata and things like that with a sort of lovely flavours going on. I like the freshness of that. I don't want my game smothered in, you know, creamy sauces particularly. That's just me personally. Obviously, I do yeah. do that sort of thing. But we do really lovely, um, we do things like, like a parsnip puree but then serve it with a parsley and garlic and lemon dressing just very simple i know i know it sounds sort of weird to say that but um i i, I like all that really simple stuff going on um i i don't admit that and i do make obviously <laughs> gravy for a for a lot lot of people but um yeah it's not not totally my my cup of tea but i like i like wild fowl as well i mean i love duck well this is what i was, I was going to ask you about duck what sauce should i put with duck because well, there's obviously I, the plum and it, it, it can take away a lot of the flavour. Yeah, I'll tell you what I do with it. And it's a really great recipe. I love it roasted with grapes. Grapes? I haven't thought of that. Okay. Yeah, no, it's absolutely fantastic. Grapes, we do it with uh, red radicchio and orange and roasted grapes. 
a really great balsamic vinegar through it, a little tiny bit of salt, and you kind of make a kind of like a when the when the duck is roasted with when you finish it off with the grapes and the radicchio, you have it like that, and then you just just do a little tiny bit of sauce with what's left in the pan, a little bit of butter, a little bit of um, good quality balsamic vinegar. Yeah. Absolutely wow. delicious, I'm, and the I'm, grapes yeah. is just it's sort of different, you know. But I do feel that sometimes, you know, I do feel we need to also look at the more common varieties and encourage people to eat pheasant. You know, I really do. And there's nothing nicer than a sort of fried pheasant, you know, with a nice kind of dip, you know, like yeah. a nice alioli or, or whatever. I mean, that's absolutely fantastic. But roast, roast pheasant. Again, I braise mine quite a lot with slow gin and chestnuts, things like that. Mm. I think you pick up, um, I love it on the barbecue in the summer. I mean... We spatchcock a lot of them and do them with with um, on the barbecue. They're yeah, great. Brilliant idea. Just you know, bring, I'm scribbling, furiously scribbling notes here, Rachel. This is fantastic. And um, I love game hashes as well. So I love things like pigeon, because we always get a lot of pigeon. And it's nothing nicer f- for breakfast than I do this a sort of pigeon eggs benedict with a beetroot hollandaise. Oh. It's absolutely delicious. You know, pheasant with sort of... Just very simply with orange and onion marmalade, oh, parsnip hash with rose pheasant, that sort of thing. Yeah, I get all the sort of ingredients I like with game, with pheasant, uh, things like, you know, leeks and prunes and pickled walnuts. And, you know, I quite like, as I say, it's for me, it's not red cabbage and, and gravy. It's a bit more than that for me. It sounds heavenly. Have you considered producing a cookbook specifically for game recipes? I have. Um but that's time-consuming, obviously. Well, I think you... I also need to. I think I need to get away from, <laughs> you know, catering for four hundred people. I think that's yeah. probably. Yeah. But yes, I mean, I I would I would like that. But I think a lot of lot of lot of the game cooking books are really really good. But I think we could do with something that's an everyday family event for game. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, you know, something definitely. that, as I say again, that is this is going to be available for people to do quickly. Because one thing I would say about game, and it's something that isn't really necessarily pushed forward. It's really quick to cook, particularly if you get the sort of, you know, like a, a pigeon salad, a warm pigeon salad with beetroot ketchup. Absolutely. You can have your, your supper on the table in 10 minutes. Yeah. And I think sometimes we, we, we don't appreciate that, do we? It's just all these ideas are just brilliant and come with obviously years of experience, but you're multi-talented, yeah. that's for sure, Rachel. What for you is the most enjoyable part of, of what you do? Is it the live demonstrations? Is it the private parties? Is it the sort of cooking for 400 in a tent i i did that yesterday um, <laughs> it's um do you know what i think it's the satisfaction of using great ingredients and people being delighted with what you've actually served them i'm always strive always strive to be better every time you know and i think i think it's i know this sounds really kind of weird but i love the feeling of i just love the feeling of of pressure when you're kind of cooking there and you're trying to get get it out to the absolute best of your ability. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love all that. The so, excitement of and it. I, yeah, the excitement. But I like the fact that I have actually got a very good cross-section of things that I do within my within my um, remit. So, you know, I do a lot of recipe development, um, game recipe development as well. Um, and I, I work on various brands, but I also, you know, cater for a lot of people. I have I do events at home. Um, in my home here, which is really lovely. We've got a big outdoor area that we do feasting and fire, and we do quite a lot of game on live fire at the top, and it's sort of open. And my garden's got a river going through it, and we've got like oh. a kind of 
loggier area where we do special um special dinners for people and and game plays a big part in that and people absolutely love it they love a bit of fire sure they, they, they yeah. do you know cooking cooking whole whole i also you know uh cook whole carcasses so do quite a lot of escada you know the argentinian barbecues so um we do um whole carcasses of of game sometimes that takes a bit of doing you have to get the fire right and but i, I like all that sort of thing yeah. i like i'm not the michelin star chef but i'm a chef that is very much at home in 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 the countryside i'm very much at home cooking game because it's just what i what i've grown up with really and i'm very lucky to have had the privilege of, of living on a farm and having our own shoot and and understanding it from a very early age so you know it's second nature to me, really. Yeah. Well, you're such a great ambassador for it all. You really are. Which you know, which is why you were awarded the outstanding contribution to the British food industry a few years back. That's quite mm. an honour. Am I right in saying another honour you've had is that you've fed the Queen? Is it? Is that? Am I accurate in saying that? Oh yes. No, I've fed a lot of the royal family actually. Of course, you, of course you have. Of yeah, course, yeah, of course you have. I have. But they're they're ever so easy to feed, really. So uh, what what yeah. was on the menu for Her Majesty? Well, actually, I did a. It was actually an afternoon tea. Okay. It was, um, but I've caught a lot at St James's Palace, more for Prince Charles really than anybody. So I was quite involved in a couple of his projects, and I got to stand there making canapes in the, uh, you know, in St James's Palace with all this incredible priceless art hanging on the wall you know and, and yeah. stuff like that and a private audience with with him and the queen so uh but they're great you know they Fantastic. know how they, they know they know they know what it's all about and yeah. the queen, queen knows what she likes to eat so uh, that's really really yeah. interesting really interesting well it's been lovely talking to you um on this uh mini series uh, at the moment when we talk to various chefs we finish the same way a quick fire round of questions designed <laughs> to cut straight to the truth of your likes and dislikes <laughs> I am useless at this, so I hope I'll be all right. Well, the first one, you, I think you'll be quite straightforward. Let's get to it. Here we go. Gravy or jus? <laughs> Neither. Neither. Okay. <laughs> Pie or casserole? Pie. Pigeon or pheasant? Pigeon. Leg or breast? Leg. Carrots cut in batons or carrots cut in rings? Batons. Batons. Uh, <laughs> chips or roast potatoes? Um... I personally love goose fat roast potatoes. Oh, heavenly. <laughs> Should I say that? <laughs> you can, absolutely. Now, choose one of these to cook with for the rest of your life. Either butter or olive oil. Butter. Butter it is. <laughs> Chocolate can... dessert or a cheese board? Cheese board. Cocktail or a pint, Rachel? Cocktail. And finally, eat in or eat out? Oh, I can't really say. I love doing both. Well, you do so much cooking. We won't. We won't we judge you for out? eating out. Yeah. Can that, we say eat out? We because there's nothing it. nicer than going to a restaurant. It's a real treat for me. So yeah, eat out. out it is. Rachel Green, you've been an absolute star. Thank you so much for taking time to talking to us on the Eat Game podcast. Thank you so much, Tom. Next week, then on the podcast, my guest is former Gordon Ramsay and Jamie Oliver chef Stephen Ellis. As a young kid, I wanted to be an ice hockey player, which is quite ironic when you live in the desert. People don't think that's the kind of place that you'd want to do stuff like ice hockey. But my mum is into catering herself. She'd always cooked all her life. And so that was always like a kind of a, a second love. The incredibly talented Stephen Ellis then joining us on next week on the podcast. Do subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, as every Monday for the next couple of weeks, we'll bring you a different conversation from one of the country's most loved chefs. Uh, thanks so much for listening. The Eat Game podcast is a Media Cage production, and we'll see you next time. Hold up. 